Hey there, welcome back to the Will and Rob show. It is wonderful to be with you on this fine June afternoon or June morning. Again, we always want to be aware of when people are listening that it can vary from day and time. So we want to be open. We want to be open-minded about these kinds of things. Uh, It's great to be with you. Like I said, my name is Will Stockton. I'm a ministry associate with Ministry of State here in Washington, D.C. Ministry to State is a ministry of the PCA under uh, the leadership of uh, ministry uh, to North America. Uh, We seek to do pastoral ministry with men and women working on the Hill and uh, Hill-adjacent uh, organizations. And so we just love what we get to do. So love to do Bible studies and worldview formation and uh, devotionals and this podcast, one of the things. And here, as always, with my very good friend, colleague, fellow ministry associate, Robert Hassler. Um, Robert, how are you doing? Uh, I want to say also commons were, we just had our second week of commons and we had like an awesome number of interns who were there. It was so fun to see the different schools represented. Our friends, John and Caitlin Shelton spoke. And so they did a great job. It was fun to see the the interns engage and talk. And um, it's fun to just have that life in DC, that, that fresh energy. But I heard you had some interns from my, from my alma mater. Oh yeah. You know, uh, repeat interns, two of them were there last summer and are back uh, interning again. So it's fun to see, uh, people who come back to DC and want to do this thing more than one go round. That's what Hillsdale grads do, man. We come here and we don't leave. Mm. We just, we're just slowly taking over. That's you get prime real estate right there on Massachusetts and don't go anywhere. Yeah, exactly. It's awesome. It is. It's great spot. It's a great spot. Um, But yeah, things are going well, man. Um, It's uh, middle of the the summer term for school. So I'm just actually I'm working on one of my first um, projects uh, for class, um, really interesting stuff about, um, comparing, uh, ancient near East, like, uh, cosmologies and the Genesis account and like what's going on, you know, with, with, um, uh, the depiction of, of God in Genesis is, is the writer of Genesis responding in any way to, you know, ancient near East cosmogenies and, and sort of, are critiquing them polemically or whatever. So I'm just kind of going through a lot of that literature and, and doing some interesting work with it. So that's been fun. Did you have to do any of that when you were at school? Well, allow me to nerd out with you for a second. Please uh, do. Audience. Let, let me, who are you reading um, in terms of these questions of ancient Near Eastern cosmologies, cosmogenies? Well, this book, the, the essay that I'm reading right now is from, is it John Curid? Curid. Yeah. Okay. A legend. Yeah. And, uh, it's been, it's been interesting. I I had to do a little bit of this stuff in my sort of intro to Western, uh, theology. I think when I was way back in the day, when I was just a wee freshman at Hillsdale college, um, but that class was at 8 AM on Monday, Wednesday, Fridays. So, um, I'm not, I'm not too ashamed to admit that I was asleep during a lot of those courses. You want to hear the most embarrassing story for me whenever I skipped my poli-sci class. Uh So, I missed a number of my poli-sci lectures. It was an early class, Tuesday, Thursday, and I decided one morning that I was going to go. And I showed up in class. And as I got there, the whole room was quiet with everyone's heads down and pencils in their hands. And I look around panicking and I realize, oh my gosh, our first exam of the (laughs) morning. 
So I slink down to the front to the professor and I say, um, <laughs> I didn't realize we had our first exam. And of course, as a professor, he's like, have you been coming to class? And I was, you know, I'm like, you know, tell the truth, but uh, just can we move on, please, sir? There are bigger things at stake right here, like my grade. And uh, so I have to ask someone for a Scantron <laughs> and uh, they give me a Scantron. And then I was like, and I don't have a pencil. And at this point, he's like, this is the last straw, dude. I took my first test in that class with the borrowed Scantron and a pen. I used a pen, which means that this, this professor graded it by hand. <laughs> oh, well, that's so great. Is this one of those giant lecture halls at A&M? Huge. <laughs> 250, 300 students in this thing. Um, people looking up, who is that guy? Look, I enjoyed college for the people. Okay. <laughs> you learned a lot of life lessons. I learned a lot of life lessons. Okay. Uh, oh, that's so great. Do you ever have, this is completely random, but do you ever have uh, those nightmares where uh, you sign up for a class, but you never went. And then you, you realize too late that you've ne- you haven't been going to this class. It's, it's, I just had one the other night (laughs) and it is repeatedly a class with a lab. It's either a math class or a science class with a lab. And I always forget about the lab. I always forget to go to the lab. And and somehow the professor though lives in a trailer park in my hometown though. So I have to go to their house to like take the test. You know, it's like super bizarre. I have those dreams at least once a month, probably once a month oh yeah but i think it's because i'm in school so i think just being a student just constantly reinforces this idea that like i'm missing something in fact that almost happened to me because i signed up for a course that had a preaching lab with it and i wasn't signed up for it so i wasn't seeing anything and then i like got an email being like hey hope you're ready to book your flight to come to campus for our preaching lab and i was like oh my gosh i almost missed it i would have i would have completely had one of those panic attacks that dream would have come true for me What's funny is that you would think that considering the fact that I missed like the first third of that course, that I wouldn't be having these nightmares of fear of missing out on stuff. But <laughs> apparently it is deep seated in the psyche. I uh, guess so. I went to other classes. If mom and dad, if you're listening, I went to other classes. The tuition money was used well. I, I learned a lot. It was great. It was great. Uh, but um, so you're, you're learning about ancient Asian cosmogony, studying Genesis. Uh, love that. John Currid, great stuff. Um, I guess you'll do some John Collins too. Some, yeah, he's quoted a lot in here. Um, his book Genesis one through four, that analysis is is phenomenal. So yeah, one of the best things I've read on Genesis one through four or Genesis. But okay, so I do want to say this: shifting gears real fast. We're talking about in a way your future. We're talking about your school. Um, I guess the first part of this show is with a heavy heart. Um, I would like to move it over to Roberts so that he could make. An announcement for us, Robert. Would you like the honors to say I I could say this, but I may not get it through without get through without crying. I think it's probably more respectful of you to allow you to say this next part. Thank you, Will. I, I'll try not to get choked up myself. Um, uh, I thought about like writing like an an official press release form and then reading it and having a very formal sort of thing, but I decided let's not do that. Let's just let's just do it live, as the great Bill O'Reilly once said. Um, <laughs> Uh, I love that clip. That's a great clip. Uh, if you're gonna, if if anybody's listening and they're gonna go look it up on YouTube, make sure that they don't have little kids running around. But yeah, uh, 
in a sort of bittersweet news, because I'm really sad to be uh, uh, announcing it on this show, which has been, you know, we've done a hundred and what, nine episodes now. Um, uh, but it seems uh, we're, we're wrapping up here uh, with at least the Rob part of the Will and Rob show, because at the end of the month of June, um, I'll actually be transitioning out as ministry associate with ministry to state. And I'll actually um, uh, very, very excited to say that I'm, I'm taking a pastoral internship uh, with a church here in the area, uh, Christ Presbyterian Church, uh, PCA Church in Burke, uh, Virginia, with uh, Pastor uh, Porter Harlow, who has actually been a guest on this show and is a good friend of, of both of ours. So yeah, really, really excited to start this new chapter in ministry of really serving the Lord um, in the local church with his people. Um, but also, of course, very, very sad to be um, uh, stepping away from ministry to state for these last two and a half years and just all the awesome um, work and, and uh, time I've had here. So. Yeah. Well, um, Robert, thanks for putting that out here into the ether and sharing that with uh, our listeners. Um, uh, I, yeah. So it, it is official. Robert will be rolling off staff of ministry state at the end of June. Our goal is to make it to our 111st episode and a tip of the hat to the great Bilbo Baggins and J.R.R. Tolkien. So we have after this two more episodes uh we'll we'll bring you one from general assembly and then one when we get back and today we'll talk a little bit more about general assembly upcoming and what we're thinking and then uh books we're reading this summer but um yeah robert i i I am you know candidly sad to lose you as a team uh mate as a colleague i'm thankful for you and your thoughtfulness your conviction to biblical fidelity um, your desire to see God's word played out in all of life, um, whether that is in your family or in politics or in our work together, uh, to someone to bounce ideas off and laugh with and, and have good humor jokes on places like the show. And then just, you know, off air, we talk off air, uh, fairly regularly. And so we're not uh, like fake podcasting, uh, partner friends. We're like actual friends. Just let that be stated. Totally true. There's actually nothing contractual about this show. It is all, <laughs> it's all at, at will. Um, so yeah, I just want to say, love you, Robert. Thankful for you. Glad I got to do this with you and uh, ministry state will continue releasing a podcast. We'll do it in a slightly different format uh, called the statement. And so uh, we'll be changing a little bit of the format, how we do it, but we'll be doing a more seasonal uh, um uh, series uh, released in the, in the fall and then in the spring. So looking forward to working on that project. But um, until then, we have things to talk about, of course. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. You announced that we are going to be doing a live episode from General Assembly, which is going to be a blast. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, next week um, is, of course, the the PCA's General Assembly, which is always a long anticipated event of the year for Presbyterians. I don't know if you've been following on Twitter, Will, but like we're kind of, I think the, we're, we're the, the headliner, if you will, of all the, the, the Presbyterian general assemblies. I know that OPC just had theirs. Um, so we're kind of, you know, they kind of build up and then we, we come on stage cause we are the, we, we punch above our weight, as they say, we're, we're the kind of the big headliner. We'll clean up the mess, whatever the OPC didn't get done. We'll make sure that we, even though they have no jurisdiction or vice versa, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's coming up. It's exciting. I was, uh, we're in Birmingham this year for general assembly. And I was talking to a friend, uh, one of, one of our, um, uh, 
one of our listeners. And so uh, uh, Molly Hendry, who uh, has been listening to the show for a long time, she is from Birmingham and she was telling me that there is the world games in Birmingham coming up soon. And she was telling me about it and it sounds incredible. There's everything from like sumo wrestling to some kind of sport where people jump out of planes. There's some sporting event. I don't think it's just skydiving. It sounds like something else. Anyways, Birmingham's getting geared up. So as we go there for general assembly, I think there's going to be a lot of energy in the air getting ready for this upcoming uh, event. So are the world games, is this like, is this like the games that don't qualify for the Olympics? Like it's all the events that don't make the Olympics, but they, they still have uh, competitive athletes for. Okay. So what Molly says is that the world games, it's an international competition for all the sports that aren't in the Olympics. It's going to be wild. That's quote sumo wrestling parkour. And there is this one event where they jump out of airplanes and land on water and do tricks. What? I don't know how, but Beham won the bid for it. <laughs> that is so awesome. Is that parkour is finally getting its day in the sun? Seriously, man. I mean, have you ever watched like some of that parkour stuff on like uh, the uh, office? Well, <laughs> of course. That, that's that's really where it was popularized, if I remember. Um, but it's like American Ninja Warrior stuff, but like on steroids for but with like, real risk. Yeah. Does wait does with sumo wrestlers? Does that mean that there are sumo wrestlers in like America? Like, do we have American sumo wrestlers? I don't want to speak to this. I, I haven't been following sumo wrestling for the last thirty years, <laughs> many moons ago. I'm just this is blowing my mind. I didn't. I had no idea. So we'll 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 report. There's other things to talk about. Obviously, we're so excited about the World Games, but uh, we'll take a look and see what's going on there. Molly, thanks for the intel. Uh, letting us know. So hopefully some other Presbyterians will start looking at this too. Maybe we'll go visit the parkour course. Um, but yeah, so we, we have uh, um, heading out Tuesday, Robert, you're heading out Monday uh, and getting to general assembly. Um, it is, it is the big gathering of the highest court of the Presbyterian church and a lot of business to do things to um, take a look at and cover. And so I wanted to ask you, Robert, what are, what are you most looking forward to? And then we'll end with our panel that we're going to be discussing just to let y'all know ministry state. We, we have a booth that will be set up. So we'd love for people to come by and say hi to us. We'll be manning the booth in the, um, I guess the great hall, the convention center. Um, we have, a uh, we'll, we'll be uh, having a lunch on Thursday. Um, and then we'll be, uh, hosting this panel and then walking around. But Robert, as you think about General Assembly, what are you most looking forward to? Yeah. I mean, I think the thing I'm looking forward to the most is what I found to be the best part of last year's General Assembly, which was just the opportunity to really spend time in fellowship with so many um, uh, co-laborers uh, in the kingdom uh, that really because of distance, because of uh, things like that, um, <clears throat> you don't really get to see as often as you want. Um, and so not only is it an opportunity to connect with old friends, but also an opportunity to meet new friends. Um, and so uh, I've gotten to know a lot of, of ministers and, and made connections by just being at General Assembly last year. Um, and that's been really encouraging. And I'm looking forward to that this year. There's already a group of, of um, us from uh, Covenant uh, seminary. Uh, a lot of us being online students who are kind of on our own and isolated most of the time during the academic year. Um, and we're all really looking forward to the opportunity to be at one place at the same time, uh, a general assembly. So I, I'm looking forward to that as well. And then, um, you know, there's, there's the business of the church, which is really the, the reason why we're there. And, um, I think 
there's a lot to uh, be interested about uh, as, it, as it relates to the business of the church this year. Um, there's going to be <clears throat> further debate about um, overtures, la- what were last year's overtures uh, about uh, uh, same-sex attraction um, and identity. Uh, those are going to be redebated under new uh, overtures this year, and that's going to be really interesting to see kind of how overtures that were approved at last year's General Assembly but failed the presbyteries and then now um, are sort of seeking new approval on the floor, um, kind of what what that debate will, the next ch- uh, chapter of that debate, what it'll look like. Um, I, I think just watching that will be interesting. I think the thing that I'm learning the most, um, especially since I've started in ministry, particularly in, a piece, in the PCA, um, is just kind of seeing how the sausage gets made. Um, and there's there's good people to watch and there's bad people to watch kind of in these, these things. I think that's fair to say. Um, but, you know, finding the people that, you know, on both sides of issues that maybe you don't necessarily agree with all the time, just the, the way that they do the business of the church well, respectfully, charitably, um, is just really helpful for young guys. I know like myself, um, as I sort of look and Lord willing, see myself in, in a position to do that kind of business, uh, in the future. Yeah. You know, as you mentioned this, um, even if you're not in the PCA, we would uh, humbly ask for your prayers, petition your prayers for this. It is important. Um, we need to be praying for uh, people in the SBC as well, ACNA. I mean, these, um, just because they're not part of our denomination doesn't, doesn't mean we don't need to be praying for them. Um, we, we do. It is important. There are significant decisions that are made. And I think, you know, it's usually very charitable um, whenever people are on the floor, actually. Robert's rules are a good thing that guide our parliamentary procedure that keep things from getting out of hand. But um, we, we still need prayer that there is a sense of kindness and charity that is developed beyond just the formality of the procedures. Um, and so I, I really, I, I look forward to it. Um, it will be interesting to see what happens, what the decisions for are made regards uh, the overtures. I don't think we'll talk about those specifically here. Maybe we'll talk about those more next week. Um, but there is a little bit of um, not nearly this much this year. I don't think as there was last year, last year, especially there was a bunch of um, angst and uh, a dread. There was a bunch of anxiety building up to that um, journal assembly that I don't think is as strong this year, which is a gift. Um, but hopefully we take that as a time to grow deeper in our bonds of love and brotherhood and uh, fellowship with each other. You know, one thing that I love about General Assembly is in addition to um, having everybody together, there are other ministries that come. Uh, You have seminaries that are there. You have booksellers, publishers who are there. And then you have a bunch of really neat, neat missions that are there. Uh, You see missions to Native Americans that are there. You see people who have missions to... uh, Every continent, um, I suppose. I don't. I guess we don't have any to uh, Antarctica. But you have, you have, um, you get to see these men and women who are so faithful to God's call, who you would never hear of if you weren't at this general assembly. And you realize where God is at work all around the world. And I find that to be just very, very encouraging to consider and to observe during GA. Yeah, I know that this year at the exi- in the exhibit hall. Our booth is right next to um, the MA prison ministries uh, ministry. Um, and so I'm really looking forward to in the, in the downtime, getting to talk to them about their ministry and what they've seen uh, the Lord doing in, in their context over the you know several last several years. I was talking uh, at lunch with um, someone whose dad helps out with uh, prison ministry. And I remember growing up 
listening to Chuck Colson and him talking about prison fellowship and, you know, in our society, um, it would have been neat if we had uh, had some time getting nostalgic here, but if we, in the old days, if we could have brought on someone with prison ministry, because it is, is it people that are so easy to forget about and forget that need care and um, are in a pretty tough spot. But yeah, so you get to see all these different, uh, different ministries, excited to see friends and connect with them, but also ministry state is hosting a panel as well. So on Tuesday, we'll be doing a panel. And so Robert, uh, you have been working with uh, Thomas Eddy on this and Dave Durant. So wanted to get your thoughts a little bit on, on this panel that's coming up. Well, if you uh, can hear, I'm now joined by two other guests. Uh, Bobby and James Hassler are on this, on this podcast with us now as well. I consider uh, this an increase and an improvement from the cats. Yeah. That were there. Yeah. Seriously. No, no doubt. No, uh, their mom ha- has a really fancy event in the city tonight. So I'm, I'm on dad duty um, and they decided to join us for the second half of this podcast. So if you hear it, that's what it is. Okay. Um, there's not uh, rant. Bobby has a very high pitched uh, squeal that kind of sounds like air coming out of a balloon. So I don't want our listeners to think I'm doing like weird stuff with balloons while we're recording. Yeah. Like helium stuff. Got exactly. Um, but you know, yeah, we're, we're doing a ministry of states doing a panel uh, at general assembly, which is going to be really great. Um, it's called uh, two apostles and a King. And uh, it's really looking at uh, the story in acts 12 um, about uh, both uh, uh, James and Peter and their interactions uh, with the governing authorities of Jerusalem. And, you know, in, the, in that story, of course, James is actually uh, persecuted um, and is eventually martyred for his faith while Peter is uh, set free uh, and able to go and continue proclaiming the gospel. And one of the questions that we're, we're wrestling with in this in this panel is why, um, and, and how does persecution, uh, uh serve the, the purposes, uh, of the gospel and, and serve the purposes, purposes of God. Um, and so we're going to be looking at that. I'm specifically, uh, on the panel looking at different cases of persecution, uh, uh of the church by the governing authorities in our own time. And so that's been really interesting to kind of research different court cases, some that I think are more well-known by others, things like Masterpiece Cake Shop or any of the cases involving the Little Sisters of the Poor. Um, but there's even cases within our own denomination, which are interesting. Um, there's a church down in Fredericksburg, uh, Virginia, which is not too far from me, um, where there was a, a legal dispute uh, between uh, a Virginia uh, circuit court and a PCA church um, because the uh, Virginia governing authorities, um, local authorities, decided to, to take it in their own hands to interpret the BCO uh, for the church. And so made a, a tax decision uh, based on their own interpretation of the BCO, uh, which is just an interesting uh, dynamic. Of course, it, it, in, on its face, it's not ne- nearly as contentious as something like Masterpiece Cake Shop, um, but still has profound repercussions for how we think about church and state relations and, and sort of the, the influence of the state on the church um, and how those things can sometimes be used to, to the church's detriment. Um, I think tax exempt status is often thrown around as sort of like a, this kind of weird little privilege that churches have that maybe we should reconsider. Um, and we don't necessarily consider the fact that if it weren't for tax exempt status, there would be a lot of churches that would go under really quickly. Um, and that often the most problematic churches tend to have numbers and sizes and, and uh, accounts that wouldn't necessarily be affected by um, taxism status. It's actually often the the faithful uh, local churches, smaller churches that are often doing a lot of work for the local community that would be most adversely affected. So actually having your taxism status challenged on certain things 
um, can actually be quite detrimental uh, to the to the uh, viability of a, of a local church. And so, yeah, these things affect us even within in, within the PCA. Um, so yeah, we're we're looking at that. But then there's also a lot to be uh, excited about. Uh, I think one of the things I want to draw out in the panel is that while we do see a rise of secularism uh, in our country, a lot of it because of of state uh, policies. The reality is that uh, Christianity is exploding in other places, uh, not just here. And so one of the places I'm looking at is the global South, where um, the number of Christians uh, just continues to go up and up and up. And uh, uh, kind of moreover, how culturally conservative uh, our brothers and sisters in those in those places are compared to us. And so, you know, eventually, we're, if it's not happening already, uh, missionaries from those places are going to be coming to our shores, into our own backyards. And that should be something that we welcome since um, uh, they will be very, very orthodox, very uh, sound on a lot of these issues that the, um, the church in America struggles with in particular. And it's evidence that God has not given up on his people here, um, that he's continuing to call and save uh, people in our own backyards. And so we should, we should be thankful for that. So that's kind of some of the things I'm trying to draw out uh, in our panel. Yeah. That's great. I'm looking forward to it. I'll be answering a little bit of questions on what is the church unity and what does that look like? And what is it that United the church early church that was so diverse and um, uh, different in their perspectives and views on how to engage the world from zealots to tax collectors and uh, fishermen as well. So I think it'll be good. Um, one of our, in addition to Dave Durant and Thomas Eddy, John Hanna is going to be there as well. And excited to get to spend a little bit of time with him. Um, but that's most of it for, for general assembly for us. Again, we'll give you all more of an update when we get there. Uh, last thing we want to do before we head off is just do a little bit of summer reading, Robert, what, uh, what is your summer reading like apart from school books? Let's leave that stuff out. Yeah. Yeah. It, often I don't have a lot of time for free reading, but the summer, because of the way my schedule is structured, um, some of my courses don't start until later in the summer. So I actually do have more time, especially at the front end to do some reading. Um, and I've actually just been completely uh, fascinated over the last about two months or so um, looking at uh, America's wars in Iraq and Afghanistan, um, particularly kind of the, the effect that those wars had on the psychology of uh, American soldiers and really kind of the American citizen. Um, and so I've been doing a lot of reading on that. One of the uh, things I finished this summer, which was actually one of your recommendations, which I could not recommend more to people, uh, which is uh, Phil Clay's uh, Missionaries, uh, which was a fantastic novel uh, about uh, really uh, four uh, central characters, but the two characters coming from a sort of the, the context of America's wars in, in the Middle East and then coming to Colombia uh, and watching uh, what's happening uh, with America's involvement sort of on the side as, as the Colombian paramilitaries and militaries are fighting the, the narco terrorists. And, and it's, that was just a really interesting book and did a really good job, I think, of, of looking at, uh, you know, Americans taken out of those, those uh, unique contexts and then putting them in another kind of violent context and um, uh, seeing kind of how the psychology of our wars in Iraq and Afghanistan uh, have what they've kind of done to our soldiers. And I, I thought that was a really great, uh, really great read and would recommend it highly. Um, and then uh, the book I'm currently reading through right now, which is just a, a massive kind of historical tome really 
which is uh, why we lost, uh, which is a general's account of um, uh, his time uh, in the American military during Iraq and Afga- our wars in Iraq and Afghanistan, and sort of doing a little bit of a, uh, a analysis on himself and, and his fellow leaders in that war, um, in those wars, I should say. And uh, that's been a really interesting read too, because it's it's been really helpful in that those wars have been so politicized. Uh, and he does a very good job of kind of cutting through some of that stuff and really giving you the facts and the details. Uh, and so my priors have been challenged in some important ways, um, while also, I think, kind of uh, giving a little bit more clarity to some of the, the things that I've learned about these, these events and these, uh, these wars, um, but didn't necessarily have the, the full scope, if you will. Yeah, that the last book you mentioned sounds very interesting and relevant. I, I'll, I'll mention two books. So every summer, I try to go through a few books on the Pacific uh, war. So World War II Pacific theater, there's a book I'm audio booking right now. That's uh, interesting. And then have a, uh, another book called the admirals that I'm looking at next. That is a uh, Chester Nimitz, uh, Ernest King. Um, and I think maybe one more, but it, it's interesting. You know, I've really become a fan of Chester Nimitz uh, over the past couple of years, just really respect his leadership. Um, but, and then a, a book I'm reading right now is uh the last stand. So it's about Custer and sitting bull in the battle of little bighorn. And it is uh, incredibly well-written. I bought it at the native American museum uh, on, uh, on the mall. And it uh, discusses sitting bull and his tribe and um, uh, uh, rituals that they had and what their tribal life was like and personality. It's, it's very vivid in detail. So it really takes you in. And then Custer, who was, you know, in some way he's a great American hero in that, he could be credited with helping win the civil war for the union in that he was essential in winning the battle of Gettysburg. And so that's great then, but he was also uh, like a soldier to his core and pretty vainglorious. Um, Like his buckskin uniform that he wore was pretty out of date. He also charged the battle of Gettysburg wearing black velvet and like gold rope tassels around his shoulders. I mean, the ride ends pretty epic. Like, I mean, it's like this epic ride that he makes and, uh, they're victorious, but it's like outlandish at the same time. And then another book that I just finished recommend great read about American history, but, but, uh, narrative history is the right stuff by Tom Wolf, which talks about the Mercury astronauts, uh, the first seven astronauts to go into space. And you realize just, um, why the space race was had this existential weight to it because the fear of you had the, you had the nuclear arms race at the same time, fear of Russians dropping, just raining down bombs on the United States at any given minute. Uh, And then you you have these heroes like John Glenn. I just have a whole new respect for John Glenn and how he lived, who he was um, and what these men were like. But that is my, those are my quick uh, read recommendations for, for the moment. And uh, yeah, I think, you know, I think with that, what we'll do is we've gone long enough um, for today. And so thanks for, for tuning in and listening. Thanks also for Robert, you have to get to parenting. We got to make sure that you you can be present. Um, But I also want to say, you know, thanks for making this announcement. Thanks for tuning in and listening. We're really glad we get to do this. Uh, You can uh, check us out on the web at ministry to state dot org um follow robert at rd hassle follow me at stockdale will on the twitters and if you're ever in dc let us know uh so we'd love to see you we'd love to connect uh and if you're at general assembly um 
uh, let us know. We'd love to, we'd love to say hi and just uh, get a coffee with you or something. So anyways, uh, thanks for you guys. And we'll be back with you next week.